Ashley Brock bring Nora Roberts book in her harbor chapter slope. It's easier now, almost like the lectures. Bill was used to giving lectures on social topics. All she had to do was divorce herself from the subject and lay information in a clear and cohesive manner. Professor Quinn had a relationship with Barbara Harrow and put her back to the windows that, that she faced all of them as she spoke. They met at an American university in Washington. I don't have a great many of the details, but what I do know indicates that he was teaching there and she was a graduate student. Barbara Harrow is my mother, Gloria's mother. My father, your mother. Yes, nearly 35 years ago. I assume they were attracted to each other, physically at least. My mother, she cleared her throat. My mother indicated that she believed he had a great deal of potential, that he would rise up to the ranks of academia quickly. Status is an essentially requirement to my mother's contentment. However, she found herself disappointed in his what she saw as lack of ambition. He was content to teach. Apparently, he wasn't particularly interested in the social obligations that are necessary for advancement, and his politics were too liberal for her taste. She wanted a rich, important husband. Cueing <laughs> in quickly, Philip raised his eyeballs. She discovered he wasn't going to be it. That's essentially true, Sibyl agreed in a cold, stunning voice. Thirty-five years ago, the county was experiencing unrest, its own and internal world between youths and in establishment. Colleges were teeming with minds that questioned not only an unpopular war, but the status quo. Professor Quinn, it would seem, had a lot of questions. He believed in using the brain, came on it, and, and taking a stand. According to my mother, he took stance to build manage a small smile. Often unpopular with the administration of the university. He and my mother disagreed strongly on the basic principles and beliefs. At the end of the term, she went home to Boston, disillusioned, angry, and she was discovered pregnant. Bullshit, sorry. Can't say what was in his head. But it's bullshit. There's no way he would have. Ignore responsibility for a kid. No way in hell. She never told him. So Bill folded her arms as I swung back to him. She was furious, but perhaps she was frightened as well, but she was furious to find herself pregnant by a man she decided was unsuitable. She considered terminating the pregnancy. She met my father, and they had clicked. He was suitable. Can't remember it. I believe they suited each other. Her voice showed. They were her parents. There, she had to be left for something. My mother was in difficult, was in a difficult, frightening position. She wasn't a child. She was nearly twenty-five, but unwanted. But an unwanted and unplanned pregnancy is a routine episode for a woman of any age. In a moment of weakness or despair, she passed all of it to my father, and he offered to marry her. He loved her. Sibyl said quietly, he "Must have loved her very much." They were married quickly and quietly. She never went back to Washington. She never looked back. Dad never knew he had a daughter. He's in cover, Grace's animals. No, he couldn't have. Gloria was three, nearly four, when I was born. I can't say what the relationship between her and my parents was like in those early years. I know that later on she felt excluded. She was difficult and temperamental, demanding. demanding. Certainly she was wild. Certain standards of behavior were expected, and she refused to meet them. It sounds so cold, it's built up now, so unnearly. In any case, she left home when she was still a teenager. Later, I discovered that both my parents and myself sent her money independently of each other. She would contact one of us and plead the man, threaten whichever works. I wasn't aware of any of this until Gloria called me last month about Seth. 
to build positive moments that you can pose your thoughts. Before I came here, I flew to Paris to see my parents. I thought they needed to know. Seth was their grandchild, and as far as I knew, he'd been taken away from Gloria and was living with strangers. When I told my mother what had happened and she refused to become involved to offer any assistance, I was stunned and angry. We argued, so Bill let us with that. She was surprised enough by that, I think, to tell me what I just told you. Gloria had to know Philip Fortnite. She had to know Ray Coon was her father or she never had come here. Yeah, she knew. A couple of years ago, she went to my mother, and my parents were staying in D.C. for a few months. I can assume it was an ugly scene, from what my mother told me. Gloria had demanded a large sum of money, or she'd go to the press, to the police, whoever would listen and accuse my father of sexual abuse. My mother, of, of my mother, questioned, and it's none of that is true, so Bill said, really. Gloria always equated sex with power and acceptance. She routinely accused men, particularly men in positions of authority, of molesting her. In this incident, my mother gave her several thousand dollars. The story I just told you promised Gloria that it was the last penny she would ever see from her, the last word she would ever speak to her. My mother rarely, very rarely goes back on a promise of any kind. Gloria would have known that. So she hit on Red Queen instead. I don't know when she decided to find him. May have stewed in her mind for a time. Now she would consider this the reason she was never loved, never wanted, never accepted as she felt she deserved to be. I imagine she blamed her father for that. Sometimes else, someone else is always to blame when Gloria has difficulties. So she found him, felt rushing with sharing face, and truthful, demanded money, made accusations, threatened. Only this time she used her own son as the hammer. Apparently, I'm sorry, I should have realized you weren't aware of all the facts. I suppose I assume your father had told you more of it. You didn't have time. Kim's voice was going through. He told me he was waiting for some information. That he'd explain everything once he found out. He must have tried contacting your mother. Philip Pensabilly. He would have wanted to speak with her. It's enough. I can't tell you that. I simply don't know. I know. Philip said to him. He would have done what he felt was right. For Seth first. As he's a child. But he would have wanted to help Gloria. He knew that he needed to talk to your mother to find out what happened. If it would have mattered. It would have mattered to him. I can only tell you what I know or what's been told to me. So don't lift your hands. My family has behaved badly. It was reaching all of us. I apologize for myself and for them. I don't expect you to. What she wanted. I'll do anything I can to help. I want people to know. Since I swore when he left him, through her face. I want people to know he's my grandfather. They're saying things about him and it's wrong. I want people to know I'm a queen. So people could only not. This was all he asked of her. She would make certain she gave it. John Bresh What can I do? We made a good start already. Anna glanced at her watch. She had other cases and another appointment scheduled in 10 minutes. Are you willing to make that information you've given us official and public? Yes. I have an idea how to start the ball rolling. The embarrassing factor could be weighed. Simply reminded herself she could and would live with whispers and the speculative looks that were bound to come here once she followed through on Anna's suggestion. 
She typed up her statement herself, spending two hours in a room choosing the right words and phrasing. The information had to be clear. The details of her mother's actions were glorious, even her own. When it was proofed and printed out, she didn't hesitate. She took the pages down to the front desk and calmly requested that they be faxed to Anna's office. I need the originals back, she told the clerk, and I expect to a reply by return fax. I'll take care of this for you, the young, fresh-laced clerk smiled professionally before she slipped into the office behind her desk. Spill closed her eyes briefly. No turning turn back, she reminded herself. She folded her hands, composed her features, and waited. It didn't take long, and there was no making from the wide eye of the clerk that at least part of the transmission had been scanned. Do you want to wait for the reply, Dr. Spill? Yes, thank you. Spill out a hand. The papers neatly, nearly smiling as the clerk jolted, then quickly passed them across the hand. Are you uh, enjoying your stay? Can't wait to pass on what you read. Ganya, Spill thought, typically and totally expected human favor. It's been an interesting experience. Excuse me, the clerk dashed into the back room again. Sue was just releasing a sigh when her shoulders tense. She knew Philip was behind her before she turned face. I sent the facts to Anna. She said to I'm waiting for a reply. She finds it satisfactory. I'll have time to go to the bank before it closes and have the document notarized. I gave my word. I'm not here as a guard dog's bill. I thought you could use a little more support. She all but sniffled. I'm perfectly fine. No, you're not. Prove it. To both of them, you rested a hand on the ridgy cords in the neck. That you put on hell of a show. I prefer to do this alone. Well, you can't always get what you want, as the song says. He glanced over with an easy smile, saying still wants a big snap as the clerk hurried out from him. Hi there, Karen, how's it going? The clerk blushed, clear to the hairline, rise darted from his face to Smith's spine. Um, here's your facts, Dr. Griffin. Thank you. Without flinching, Seville took the envelope and tucked it in her back. You feel my account for the service? Yes, of course. See around, Karen. Smoothly Phillips with his hand around Seville's hand from Seville's neck to the small of her back to guide her across the lobby. She'll have to have her six best friends by the next break, Seville woman. At the very least, the wonders of small towns. The cleanse will be the hot topic of discussion over a number of table, dinner tables tonight. By breakfast, the gossip, gossip mill will be in full swing. That amuses you? Seville said that. It reassures me, Dr. Griffin. Traditions are meant to reassure. I spoke to our lawyer. Continue as they crossed the waterfront. Gold swoop, dogging a work boat on its way to the top. The notarized statement will help, but he'll like to take your deposition early next week if he can manage it. I'll make an appointment in front of the bank. You stop and turn toward her, changing into casual clothes, and the wind off the water. Ruffled his hair. His eyes were concealed behind shaded lenses, but she wasn't certain she cared to see the expression of Might look less as if I'm under house arrest if I go in alone. He merely lifted his hands, palms out, stepped back. She was a tough nut. He decided when she strode into the bank, but he had a feeling that one crash, there was something soft and delicate, delectable inside. He's surprised that someone as intelligent, as highly trained in the human condition as she was, couldn't see her own distress, couldn't or wouldn't admit that there had been something lacking in her own upbringing that forced her to build walls. He nearly been fooled, he mused, into believing she was cold and distant and untouched by the messiness emotions. Couldn't be sure what it was, and insisted he believed, he believed differently. 
Maybe it was nothing more than wishful thinking, but he was determined to find out for himself and soon. He ended up making our family secrets accessible and so informally public would be humiliating for and perhaps painful, but she agreed without condition and was following through without hesitation. Standards, he thought, integrity, if she had them. He believed that she had heart as well. So go off and then smile, she came back out. Well, that's the first time I've seen Nuri's eyes nearly pop out of her head. I think that should the rest of her babbling statement was lost as his mouth rushed to cover her. She looked at the hand to his shoulder, but her fingers only curled and just stopped to her the swim. You looked like you needed it. He murmured and scared a hand of We're going, please. Hellsville were already got them talking, why don't add to the mystery. Her emotions were rocky, making it difficult for her to hold on to Fred's version. <clears throat> I have no intention of standing here making a spectacle of myself, so if you'll fine, let's go somewhere else. I forgot the boat. The boat? I can't go on the boat. I'm not dressed for it. I have work. I need to think. She told himself what was already pulling her to the dock. I said, well, do you good. You're starting on another headache. The fresh air should help. I don't have a headache. Only the nasty shivering threat of one. And I don't want to. She nearly yelped this so stunned one. Well, she when he simply plucked her off her feet and set her down on the dock. On the deck. Consider yourself Shanghai Doc. Quite quickly, compete, competently, he freed the lines and leaped up the work. I've a feeling you haven't had nearly enough of that kind of treatment in your short shelter black. You don't know anything about my life or what I've had. If you start that engine, I'm going to. She broke up, grinding her teeth as the motor put, put it like, Philip, I want to go back to my hotel now. Hardly any but. He ever says no to you, do they? He said it a cheerful as he gave her a firm nudge under the poor bitch. You sit back and enjoy the ride. Since she didn't intend to leave overboard and swim back to shore in a silk suit and tie and shoes, she folded her arms. It was his way to pay her back, she spoke, by taking away her freedom of choice, asserting his will and his physical dominance. Typical. Turned her head to stare out over the light shop. She wasn't afraid of him, not physically. He had a tougher side than she originally thought, but he wouldn't hurt her because he cared for Seth deeply if she'd come to believe he needed her cooperation. She refused to be thrilled when he hoisted the sails, the sound of the canvas opening itself to the wind, the sight of the sun being against the rippling white, the sudden and smooth angering of the boats meant nothing to her. She insisted she would simply tolerate this little game of his, give him... No reaction. Undoubtedly, he would grow weary of her silence and, and, and attention and take her back. Here, he tossed something, making her jump. She looked down and saw the sunglasses that had landed in her hat. Sun's fierce today, even if the temperature's cooling. Indian summer's around the corner. He smiled to himself, but she said nothing, only slid the sunglasses firmly on her nose, continued to stare in the opposite direction. Need a good hard frost first. He continued conversation with When the leaves start to turn, the shoreline near the house is a picture. Golds and scarlets. You get that deep blue sky behind them, and the water mirrored right, in spite of falling air. And you could start to believe there's no place else on the planet you'd ever want to be. He kept her mouth firmly shut, tightened the fold of her arms across her breast. The hook merely tucked his tongue into even a couple of of late urbanites like you and I can appreciate a fine fall day in the country. Since birthday's coming up, out of the corner of his eye, he saw her head jerk around 
mouth trembled open, shut it again, but this time when she turned away, her shoulders were hunched defensively. Oh, she felt all right, told me. There were plenty of messy emotions doing inside that group package of hers. We thought we were in a party, housing those piles over at Ray's Hill. You already know, Grace bakes a hell of a chocolate cake. We've got his presents taken care of, but just the other day, I saw this art supply shop in Baltimore. Not a kid set up a real one. Chalk, pencils, charcoal, brushes, watercolor, paper, palettes. This is especially shop a few blocks from my office. Somebody who knew something about art could breeze in there and pick out just the right things. He intended to do so himself, but saw now that his instincts to tell her about it had been true. She was facing him now, and though the sun flashed off her sunglasses, he could see from the angle of her head that he had her full attention. You wouldn't want anything from me? You're not giving him enough credit. Maybe you're not giving yourself enough, uh, enough either. He trimmed the sails, caught the wind, and saw the instant she recognized the curve of the trees along the shore. She got unsteadily to her feet. Philip, however you may feel about me right now, I can't help the situation for you to push me at Seth again so soon. I'm not taking you home. He scanned the yard as it passed. Seth said the boatyard with Cam and Ethan. In any case, you need a distraction to build, not a confrontation. And for the record, I don't know how I feel about you at the moment. I've told you everything I know. Yeah, I think you've given me the facts. You haven't told me how you feel, how those... Facts affect you personally, emotionally. It isn't the issue. I'm making it an issue. We're tangled up here, Sibyl, whether we like it or not. Says your nephew, and he's mine. My father and your mother had an affair, and we're about to. No, she said definitely, we're not. He turned his head long enough to shoot her a glittering look. You're better than that. You're in my system, and I know when a woman's got me in hers. And we're both old enough to control our more basic urges. He stared at her another moment. Oh, we are. And it's not the sex that worries you. It's the intimacy. He was hitting all the targets. It didn't anger her nearly as much as it frightened. You don't know me. I'm beginning to. He said quietly. And I'm someone else who finishes what I start. I'm coming about. His voice was loud enough. Watch the boom. Stepped out of the way. Sat. Recognized the little cove. Where they had shared wine and pate only a week ago, she thought dully. Now, now so much had changed, everything had changed. She couldn't be here with him, couldn't risk it. The idea of handling now was absurd. Still, she could do nothing but try. Coolly, she eyed him. Casually, she threw her hand over the sophisticated twist the wind had disordered. Casticly, she smiled. What, no wine this time? No music? No neat gourmet lunch? <laughs> He dropped the sails, secured the boat. You're scared. You're arrogant, and you don't worry me. Now you're lying. While the boat swayed gently underfoot, he stepped forward and took the sunglass from him. I worry you quite a bit. You keep thinking you have me pegged, then I don't follow the script. I imagine most of the men you let hover around your life have been fairly predictable, easy for you. Is this your definition of a distraction? If it's my definition of a confrontation, you're right. He's pulled his own sunglasses off the tossing side. Analyzed later. Moved quickly. She knew he was capable of lightning motions, but hadn't expected him to snap from cynic to lover in the blink of an eye. His mouth was hot, hungry, and hard on hers. His hands gripped her arms, pressing her against him so that as the heat 
and the need for it, how she couldn't tell if it came from him or from herself. He'd spoken no less than the truth when he told her she was in his system. Whether she was poison or salvation didn't seem to matter. She was in there and he couldn't stop the flow. He jerked her back so that their lips parted, but their faces remained close. His eyes were as gold and powerful as the flares. He told me you don't want me. You don't want this. Tell me you mean it, and it stops here. I know. Impatient, suffering, shiver. So her gaze looked at his. No. Look at me and say it. She already lied, and the lies weighed on her like lead. She couldn't bear another. This will only complicate things, make them more difficult. Unmistakable triumph flashing through those eyes. Tony, I was damn right. It will be one of just now. I don't give a damn. Kiss me back. He's a minute to mean it. She couldn't stop herself. This kind of raw, wicked need was new to her. It left her defenseless. Her mouth met his, just as hungry now, just as desperate. And a low, primal moan that escaped was an echo to the beat of desire between her legs. She stopped thinking and found herself swamped and spinning. The sensations, emotions, yearnings, the kiss roughened, teetered toward pain as his teeth scraped and nipped. She clutched at his hair, gasping for air, shaking with shock as that skillful mouth stretched down her throat and sent wild chills over her skin. For the first time in her life, she, ran, she surrendered utterly to the physical and craved, craved the taking. Pulled out her jacket, tucking the soft silk off her shoulders and tossing it heedlessly aside. He wanted flesh, the feel of it under his hands, the taste of it in his mouth. He yanked the sun ivory shell over her head and filled his hands with her trembling lace-covered breasts. Her skin was warmer than the silk and somehow smoother. With one impatient flick, he opened her bra and dragged it aside and satisfied his need to taste. The sun blinded her, even with her eyes tightly shut. The strength of it pounded on her lids. She couldn't see, only feel. That busy, almost brutal mouth devouring her. His rough and demanding hands doing as they pleased. One firm was a scream in her head. Head, now, now, and now. Fumbling, she dragged out his sweater, finding the muscle and scars and flesh beneath as he yanked her shirt down her hips. Skirt down her hips, her stockings ended with thin bands of sketchy lace high on her thighs. Another time he might have appreciated the mix of the practicality and the feminality, but now he was driven to possess. And he swelled darkly at her stunned gasp and ripped aside the thin triangle blocking him from her. Before she could draw the next breath, he plunged his fingers into her and shot her violently over the edge. She cried out, shocked, staggering at the vicious slap of feet. Sliced through without warning, sending her flying, failing. Oh God, Philip! When her head dropped weakly on her shoulder, her body went from spring taut to limp. He swept her off her feet and pressed her down on one of the narrow benches. The blood was pounding in his head. His loins screamed for release. His heart hammered like a dull axe against his rib. His breath was ragged. His vision focused on her face like a laser as he freed himself. His fingers dug into her hips as he lifted and opened them, and he plunged hard and deep so that his long, long groan melted into hers. Closing around him, a tight, hot glove moved under him, a trembling, eager woman. The neck breathed his name, a breathless, aching sigh, drove into her again and again, strong, steady strokes that she rose to meet. Her hair escaped its pins, filled like rich mink. He buried his face in it, lost in her scent, in her heat. 
the sheer and shimmering glory of a woman, her eyes beyond reason. Her nails dug into his back, her thigh muffled against his shoulder as she came. Her muscles clamped around him, owned him, destroyed him. He was as limp as she, wrecked, struggling to fill his, his burning lungs with air. Beneath him, her body continued to quake. The aftershock of a hard, satisfying sex. When his vision cleared, he could see the three pieces of her pretty business suit scattered along the deck and one black high heel made him grin even as he shifted just enough to nip lightly at her shoulder. I usually try for more finesse, he said slyly. He skimmed the hand down the toys with a thin lace at the top of her stocking, experimenting with texture. Oh, you're full of surprises, Dr. Riffin. She was floating somewhere just above reality. She seemed to open her eyes and move her hand. What? That's a dreamy distance down on the voice. He lifted his head to study her face. Her cheeks were flushed, her mouth swollen, her hair tumbled mess. As an object observation, I have to conclude you've never been ravished before. There was amusement in his tone, just enough. And just enough male arrogance to snap it back to earth. She opened her eyes now and saw the sleeve. She smiled, big grin in his eyes. You're heavy, she said shortly. Okay. And she did sat up and pulled her on up and around until she straddled and said, You're still wearing your stockings and one of your shoes. He grinned and began to knead the muscles of her tight little butt. Crush that sexy. Stop it! But he was pouring back combination of embarrassment and breakfast. Let me out. I haven't finished with you yet. He dipped his head, circled his tongue, lazing around nipple. You're so soft and warm. Tasty, he added, looking his tongue over her stiffened nipple, sucking lightly until her breath sticking yet again. I want more. So you. Her body arched back, beautifully fluid as he trailed his mouth up to the hammering pulse in her neck. Oh yes. Yes, she wanted more. This time we're going it'll take a little longer. On a healthy mode, she lowered her mouth and said, I guess there's time. The sun was angled low when he shifted her yet again. Her body felt golden and bruised, energized it as exhausted. She had no idea she could claim such a sexual appetite. But now that she did, she had no clue what she would do about it. We have to discuss, she frowned at herself, right? herself draped an arm over her body. She was half naked and damp from him and more confused than she had been in her life. This can't continue. Not right this minute here. Even I have my limitations. I didn't mean this was just a diversion as you said. Something we both apparently needed on a physical level. Now shut up, Sabelle. He said it mildly. I forgot the edge of the noise. It was a hell of a lot more than a diversion and you were. We'll discuss it to pieces later. Scooped the hair out of his eyes, studied her. She was just beginning to feel awkward. He realized I'm easy with being naked and with the situation, so it's not right now. We're a mess, so there's only one thing to do before we get dressed and headed. What? Still smiling, he pulled off her shoe and scooped her up and was on just this. He said and tossed her over the side. She managed one scream before she hit what surfed. What surface was a furious woman with tangles of wet hair and You son of a bitch! You idiot! Oh, I knew it. He stepped on the goal and he laughed like a I just knew you'd be gorgeous when you were angry. He died then to join her. End of chapter 12.